All right, welcome. We're live, Young Jerks. Mike Crawford here. Just popped on real quick on a Saturday afternoon. Probably saw my Facebook page up. Yes, you did. Trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing on here on Zoom. But we got the story up. A uh, couple stories. I don't know which one we want to start with. We have also have a guest here. Uh, but the Boston Globe story. Two employees of pot firm Netta test positive for coronavirus making worry workers question protocol. Uh, state regulators say they're looking into allegations by Dan Adams and the Boston Globe came out this week. Um, back in January 11th of 2018, more than two years ago, we put a story, I wrote a story uh, with Dick Boston called, Is There Moldy Cannabis in Massachusetts? Uh, contaminated flour may be getting patients employee and employee sick. Anne Hassel had high hopes for a new career when she applied for a job serving medical marijuana patients at New England Treatment Access, NETA, a registered medical dispensary, RMD in Massachusetts, a licensed physical therapist. Hassel believes in the efficacy of cannabis and says that she appreciated how NETA was presented as having a new business paradigm, one of worker input and responsive management. That was then. Now, nearly a year after she quit working at Netter and filed a complaint with the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, claiming she was regularly exposed to mold via cannabis flower, Hassel mockingly says Netta stands for never ethically treating anybody. That was back in uh, 2019, January, two years ago. No, uh, 2018, excuse me. Two years ago, though, is correct. Back in January 2018, that was the beginning of the story. Uh, I have on the Zoom right now, if I could figure out how to go back to it, but we're going to go back to it right now. We have uh, Ann Hassel on the phone right now, uh, on the Zoom, not on the phone. See, I'm, I'm still learning this new technology. You see the issues I'm having here, Ann? Hello. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, but it's fun. It's... uh. I like the fact that I can just show, you know, share what we're looking at right now on the screen. Um, but now I need to how to figure out how to, there it is, stop share button. There we go. We're back. It's cool though. Cool that we can show what we're talking about on the screen. Um, my name is Mike Crawford and this is Ann Hassel. I love Ann because she's a whistleblower. She was the first to really share the documents, share the information with me about what Netta was doing back in uh, 2018. And with this new scandal that is in the Boston Globe, I reached out to her and felt like she'd be the perfect person to talk to. Um, unlike a lot of other former ex-employees at Netta, she had no qualms about putting her name on the line, her reputation on the line, and taking a lot of heat from the people from Netta, who, who obviously were going to attack her when she brought forth her truth. Uh, so I, I always have bad respect for Anne uh, for the stand she took. Uh, a lot of other people wouldn't put their names behind it. A lot of other people had other, uh, we won't even comment on what they were doing, but Anne, you have stood strong and I just want to uh, thank you and congratulate you to a bit because this Boston Globe story really does show that nothing's changed at North yeah, New England treatment access, that nothing's changed at Netta since that story two years ago. Um, so thank you for being on the show um, again. And thank you for, you know, helping me with that story that we put out two years ago. 
Well, Mike, I want to thank you for having the heart and balls to actually write that story because I've reached out to many journalists, including three for the Boston Globe. I had other people with information and nothing was ever written. And the problem got worse because that's what happens when something is not safely regulated and it is being contaminated, it gets worse. And so if people aren't, um, aren't aware, I'm gonna try to go back to the share button right now. I don't know if I dare to, but we will, we'll do that right now. Cause I want us, people to see uh, that the Boston Globe also had a story here. And this is the story that came out this week. Uh, two employees of pot firm Netta test positive for coronavirus, making, uh, making workers, workers question protocol. Now, the state regulators say they're looking into allegations. This is a story by Dan Adams. Do you, what do you feel about this? Do you think that uh, anything will come of this, Anne, at this point? Well, Mike, I've been at this for over three years. Nothing came of it since I last talked with you. I even took it, believe it or not, to the Mass Attorney General and attempted and was denied a meeting. And also I took it to the FDA. I spoke for two minutes. I flew myself down to DC for two minutes to speak at the FDA cannabis hearing on May 31st of last year. And I kind of sucked the air out of the room because I talked all about the mold, the hydrogen peroxide, the heavy metal poisoning. And after me, actually a lot of people in the industry talked all about the heavy metal poisoning and the pesticides. So, but they had a human face. They could see someone who actually suffered from that. And no, I don't think the state will do a thing because that's what the state has done since day one. Nothing. Yeah, it's funny that they say they're going to look into it now. I'm like, where, where were they two years ago? None of them. Has, let me ask you this question. Has anyone, since we put our story out in 2018, right? Um, we got some pushback from some people in the community, but mostly from NETA themselves. They hired some PR flacks. Um, right. They, they put out yep. some statements on uh, Reddit, on trees, you know, the yep. trees, Reddit. Um, and they even, you know, a lot of what they said on, on after the fact was confirming parts of the story that they, that they did use, indeed use hydrogen peroxide. They admitted that. Uh, some other things they said in the story seem to be lies. Like, like uh, some things that they said in response to the story seem to be lies. Like number one, they said that uh, the ex-employees had all been fired and that's why they had sour grapes. You were never fired, right, Ann? Well, actually, no, I quit. And in fact, I was denied unemployment. And the reason was because I quit. I went for unemployment. And you know what the unemployment told me? I didn't contact management enough to stop the mold issue. I have papers that say that. You know, you're saying it goes back to 2018. It actually goes back to the inception of NETA when it was founded on a lie by Kevin Fisher. And you, they should have known then. It, Deval right. Patrick said, if anyone lies, they're not going to get a dispensary license. And NETA got two. So if a company is founded on a lie with people who don't care about the truth, they don't care about the workers. If you read The Globe, the workers are saying, we're worried about people's health and safety. And so were the other um, employees who did come forward. We've all said the same thing, Mike, and they're not listening. And I don't it's even so think- funny. It's so funny. It's so funny because what, what they're saying in 2020, these are new employees now. This is yep. a new group of employees at NADA. It could, like, I'm reading the quotes in the Globe, and I'm seeing their post on Reddit, Trees. Right. And I'm like, they, they sound exactly what, like, you guys were saying in 2017 or earlier. I mean, this is, it's the same story 
all yeah, but then over you had again. the pandemic happen, so maybe right. that changed things up, Mike. Unfortunately, it took COVID-19 for the state to maybe wake up. I doubt they're going to wake up and do anything, but we have to hope. I mean, maybe people say to me, I'm critical of the state, but I feel like as um, a cultivator said on your show, this was rolled out terribly and abominably. Why did they roll it out this way? This was supposed to be about a medicine, Mike, not yep. about production to make every last dollar, producing moldy marijuana and not caring because you're blasting it into concentrates. We're talking to Ann Hassel. She's a former ex-employee of uh, NETA, which is the largest cannabis medical dispensary, recreational dispensary group in Massachusetts. They're a big conglomerate now. They've been sold. Uh, to Sertera and then to Parallel. So they're yeah. monster big. They're not like the little old marijuana corporation. No, this is global. And, and guess what? Kevin Fisher, actually, he got a promotion after all those horrible practices. He became director of operations for Sotera and then for Parallel. So that worried me because I thought, oh, good. They're selling it. Thank God they're selling Netta. It'll get better. No. No. Same group. No. Say in a way. And it's, it's so funny because they've been big marijuana, big cannabis from the very beginning. Um, they've had problems yeah. from the very beginning. Uh, they've had the big political connections. We talked all about it in that story that we wrote two years ago about yeah. their political connections, how the main money man behind the whole operation, he's the guy that brought uh, Donald Trump and uh, Bill Clinton together. If you see photographs of uh, Donald Trump with Bill Clinton together at Mar-a-Lago, well, that was the guy from NETA that brought them together. Uh, Bill Clinton was a guest at Mar-a-Lago of the guy who ran NETA. So that's how, how much political power and connections that the people from NETA had. Um, so you stood up to that. That's the thing. So many people, there's some other stories that, I, you know, another dispensary group that I was digging into, finding a lot of dirt, just like I did on NETA. But what I really needed uh, to follow up on that story is someone like yourself who stepped forward with all the documentation, who wasn't afraid to put their name on the line uh, so many times. And this is the same with the Netta story. So many times no one else would actually come forward. And even anonymously, like even if, you know, we'll, we'll print the quotes even if we don't use their name, but no, most people wouldn't even do that. But you were like, no, I'm using my name. I, I want everything out. Here's everything. And you threw everything at me and you had all the documentation and, and that's what I knew we had something because I knew that you really, this mattered to you. I saw like what you had done <laughs> before you had even talked to me, all the steps that you had gone through. Um, so I, right. I, I'm worried for people. I'm worried so, about their health, Mike. This is serious. And you cared about, you did care about this. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a patient. I, I hope mm -hmm. I would care. Um, but my thing for you is, this happened. We put this story out. Now, this happens now in 2020, two years later, same yeah. company, same types of issues. Employees are being put in unsafe conditions. That is the same. That's the same story from 2018 to 2020. Same allegations coming from employees, people risking their jobs. Same thing. Um, and in 2018, we put the story out, and I know a lot of the regulators saw it, a lot of the industry people saw it, a lot of the press people saw it. I even think because of that story, Dan Adams maybe felt uh, a little more compelled to go 
with this story in 2020. I really do. I think that because of what you did in 2018, and it already has made a difference today with the Globe coverage. But I want to ask you, has anyone from any media outlet or any regulator in Massachusetts, any elected official, has anyone come forward after you we put this story out in 2018 to talk to you? No, I actually was speaking before Beacon Hill legislators and no response because what I'm saying is not what the state wants to hear, Mike. They all want to say, we're doing a great job. This is wonderful. The tax money's coming in. And I also, again, spoke before the FDA, no response. I actually had material that we started to make waves trying to get to um, Mass Attorney General Maury Healy. And guess what? All of a sudden, Brian Harder disappeared. And Dan Adams did mention that. That actually was mentioned. And the reason, this week in Weed, he put down Brian Harder's removal due to his not properly regulating marijuana resulted in the presence of pesticides and other contamination. So he got another state job. So I never got to speak to the Massachusetts Attorney General. I've even contacted U.S. Attorney General Andrew Lelling and no response. No one cares, Mike. Either it's a political hot potato or it they is. just don't care. I think it's both. I think it's a political hot potato too as well. Um, Shaleen Title. It says in this weekend, we gave out her phone number on their recent conference call. Um, if any ex-employees or employees have allegations oh. and they want to reach out to her, um, would you uh, would you consider reaching out to Shalene Title and talking to her about? Well, you bet. I, I didn't know that. I didn't even read that. Yeah, so, they, yeah, that just happened. I just saw that like an, oh. you know two hours ago. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better because I have a big problem with the Cannabis Control Commission. I feel like they haven't cared because the other cultivators and we've, we've sent stuff to them and there's no response, Mike. They didn't change the regulation at all when there was a problem with the pesticides. And there was an Nantucket dispensary worker who, again, when you come forward, Mike, you get threatened. I never want to work in the marijuana industry ever again because what I witnessed was so heinous. But a lot of people still want to work in it. So that's what maybe makes a difference. I am just done because what I saw was such an abomination and such treachery and harm to people and to employees. I wanted no part of it. It's, you know, I, I so wish people had paid attention back then. You know, even we're talking about Shaleen Tuttle. I sent her that story. She didn't contact me. She could have. You know, so, and I'm not trying to blame Shaleen. I'm not trying to pick on anyone at the Cannabis Control Commission, but again, like I, I just we knew you and I we we knew that something was gonna bad happen, and right. it's it's now the bad thing has happened at the worst possible time, because recreational shops have just been shut down over the coronavirus. We're trying to push Charlie Baker to reopen them, and now he has all the am ammunition he wants to just get the media to just think it's a good thing that he shut them down. You know, like there's not gonna be any pushback we've been trying to push back on letting him do delivery only to not shut out you know the patients who were going recreational but now you see the Netta headline and it's like right you know this, this, is, this is why it's so important the safety and regulations and the, uh, the product and when employees are speaking out and no one's looking at it no one in the media no one mm -hmm. uh, no regulators I just think that they blew it. And I think that they need to wake up. Like there's a lot of this going on. It's not just Netta. Am I correct? You think oh, I want to tell you about that. Because in fact, 
There were five, um, at a, a major chain, it's always the large corporations in Vermont, moldy marijuana, they didn't want to sell it to people. Same practices. I used to think that NETA was an aberration of bad behavior. No, it's the standard operating procedure for a lot of the marijuana corporations. The large ones, New Jersey workers came forward, Pennsylvania whistleblower came forward. And you'll read it in the news, and I have lots, of, I've compiled a lot of it. And the thing is, nothing is ever done. And it, it's just a complete, mm -hmm. it's just terrible that the media is not covering. That's why I give you credit, because the media doesn't want to look at this. And people eventually will be harmed substantially. As it says, the NETA worker said about Sorry, that that was my phone. Oh, I was wondering. You are you disappeared. I'm like, is it my microphone, headphones? Oh, what happened? No. Yeah, I don't know how to turn that off, but this is the fact. Yeah, someone should have done something, but will they wake up now, Mike? I don't have a lot of faith whatsoever in the regulators. I don't. Because you have the Cannabis Advisory Board that has Amanda Rositano, who is now the president of NETA, who in fact is the expert of cultivation. There you have, again, this was sheetrock, and I know a lot about growing marijuana. By the way, before I became a bud tender, I grew marijuana. I'm an expert on it. And I would have been a cultivator if I was closer to Franklin, but I want to get into the marijuana industry. This woman, her qualifications were she was manager of a bar and she worked for Representative Smytek of Brookline, where the dispensary went. Who was pro cannabis. So, so, so we've got to mention that. He was, because I think that yeah. adds more context to it too, as well. Like, yes, it does. He, they, he's a pro cannabis legislator that people liked. Yep. They liked his office. They liked him. So, oh, obviously she's good if she was with a pro cannabis legislator. So that's her, that's that's who runs Netta basically at this point. Is you know you see her name a lot, Amanda Rosatano. Is that her, how do you say it? Amanda Rosatano on the cannabis advisory board. There's also a Netta lawyer on that. So my question is, why are we having these people on corporations on the cannabis advisory board? I don't know who all the other people are, but you're letting the foxes guard the chicken coop. And that's what the people are. These ma medical marijuana patients were duped and conned. I thought this was a healthy medicine. It was far from that. Uh, we're talking to Ann Hassel. She's uh, a former employee at NETA, New England Treatment Access. Uh, NETA has a big scandal right now. Huge scandal uh, hitting the Boston Globe. You may have seen it. Uh, it's about uh, the way they're treating, number one, their employees, but as well as their customers during the coronavirus. Uh, a couple of them have uh, tested positive for the COVID-19, uh, COVID-19, I don't know why I'm saying it like Trump, but COVID-19, uh, which isn't a happy, laughing, smiling thing, but uh, COVID-19, uh, a couple of them tested positive for and they're talking about the fact that they didn't have the right equipment. There wasn't uh, a social distancing, wasn't strictly enforced, a lot of different issues. Um, but it seems like to me, it's the same, it's the same thing that we reported in 2018, which is employees concerned about their health and well, well-being, health and safety, as well as their customers and uh, management not seeming to care, but management, you know, not even not seeming to care, management going after people who care. Targeting and terminating targeting. people. Targeting, yeah. maligning people. L lying about them. Absolutely. You 
We, I documented a lot of lies from NetApp. You know, again, they were founded on a lie, Mike. If your foundation is crappy, what do you think is going to happen when they build it up? So it was so shady back in 2014 when the licenses were awarded. What a shady process that was. And I'm really concerned that, again, the way the regulation was set up with the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, it's ridiculous. And now the Cannabis Control Commission has this mess. I, again, wonder if they're going to do anything. I urge everyone to check out the two stories we're talking about. Is there moldy cannabis in Massachusetts uh, from Dig Boston, January 11th, 2018, written by myself, Mike Crawford. Uh, it's on the screen right now. I'm just showing you. Ann Hassel is the main whistleblower from that story. Uh, she exposed mold. She exposed their use of hydrogen peroxide on flour and a number of other things. Some of the other ex-employees also spoke in this story. Uh, she also documented their political ties and uh you know it, it went on and on and on and on uh this story but it was uh, one of the stories i'm most proud of and i want to thank ann for doing it uh we have her on the phone uh, on the zoom today excuse me because of this other story that came out in the boston globe two employees of pot firm netta test positive for the coronavirus making workers question protocol state regulators say they're looking into allegations this is a story by dan adams in the boston globe uh, we have Ann Hassel on the Zoom. If people want to ask questions, they can definitely do so. We have a, uh, a Facebook Live right now going on. A lot of people watching. Uh, I see Donna Hackett. Hey, Donna. Hi, Donna Hackett. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. And again, we have Ann Hassel on the phone right now. I'm trying to, uh, again, fix the Zoom. I'm, I'm so... Uh, nervous on the zoom that i'm gonna i'm gonna screw it up but I'm, I'm trying to get us back to uh showing both of us on the screen Anne. and i'm almost sure. there yeah <laughs> i i almost know what i'm doing there we go we're back there you go. great job <laughs> so uh my name is mike crawford i'm with ann hassel and what would what would you like to see happen you know with looking back like at 2018 and looking at what's going on today? What would you like to see regulators do, the press, NADA? What would you like to ideally see happen in this situation and others like it around Mass? I like the state to do their job. And the thing is, I sure, a corporation you know, duped me and took advantage of me, but you know why I stayed there a year and a half? Because I trusted the state. I want for the state to go in there and to really examine the rooms. The problem was when they hired people to go in there, like again, Steve Chasson, he didn't know anything about marijuana. Maybe now the CCC has people who say they know what they're doing, but I've heard, again, by the way, you mentioned the cultivator. He sent me an email on January 10th that an injured employee a few months back wanted to go on record with horrifying new illnesses. Yeah, if you have an HVAC with fans, with black mold and all these problems, What's going on? Are they even going in the rooms? Are they going there and doing their jobs? And for Netta, I have no hope for them because they're about every last dollar. They could care less about people. They're just going to whitewash it like they did before, paint the walls, make some lies up, throw us under the bus again. Yeah, there was some uh, photos that have been posted on uh, the Boston yep. Trees Reddit recently. Yep. Some other photos in the past, but these new photos are very... Kind of shocking it shows They're black mold. Mike. yeah you you can disturbing. see the black mold in these uh photos that are posted allegedly from 
uh, net employee showing the netting, net a growing area. And the test results where it failed. So obviously the state isn't doing their job. And this was something where I thought it was gonna be a sacred plant, Mike. I thought it would be grown under the best conditions. And you're someone I know who could appreciate that. Is this what we wanted to have happen? No, I never I, would have thought this It's funny, I, I, I went and saw a grow recently. And I, I feel yeah. like it's 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 just the small the small little grows are um often much cleaner, much nicer. Absolutely. Got, I never had a mold know. problem and the people yeah. I know didn't have a mold problem and I wouldn't have taken my moldy marijuana and dumped in hydrogen peroxide. By the way, I was consuming Azimax shatter. That's the problem. They were spraying pesticides that were banned late in the cycle. So basically I was consuming Azimax shatter and you know that's very bad. And I had heavy metal poisoning. And, and you, that's very serious. Now you say this, how do you know that it definitely, because those are allegations that we want to make sure. How are you verifying that? that they, well, there's the heavy metal and pesticide waiver that this Department of Public Health issued my corporation. They don't explain that. I've gotten blown off by the Department of Public Health. They didn't have to test for the levels of lead, arsenic, mercury, and cadmium. Well, I had very high lead poisoning. And the thing is, the dispensary is driving that one gram or, or a few grams of shatter. How, you know, that's the thing that killed me. I thought the state was going to go get it and go monitor this. Yeah, that's the problem. I can't prove. I've tried to prove it. I got this cartridge. Here's an example. Do you see this cartridge? Yeah, we can see it. Well, I bought this because I've always wanted to have it tested. Someone from Boston Leaf had it tested and it failed for lead. This, this style is no Netta. longer available. That's from Netta. Yeah, and 12% 12 of mass vape cartridges that came out of the quarantine ban failed for lead, 150 times for lead. The state should have known back then there was a problem. Seriously. Yeah. That, that was so, after the vape quarantine. They started testing them and they found yeah, lead in a lot of them. Yes. They said it was about leakage, but who knows? Um, I don't think so. Another, I know. Who knows? Yeah, another thing that I want to make sure our listeners are aware of, uh, you tested yourself. You had yourself tested. Like, yes, so, I did. So, you, you know, you can't 100% prove things, but you, you've done all the necessary steps. And one of the things you found is yeah. some crazy stuff in your own system from using their products and working there, right? Yes. And not only that, someone read moldy cannabis, a patient, and he thanked me because I waited on him. He said he had undiagnosed problems that were serious. And eventually... Uh, the doctor said it was probably a mold allergy. I advised him strongly to get tested for heavy metals. I've heard of other employees consuming Netta's product who had heavy metal poisoning, but I can't get them to cooperate with me, Mike. Yeah, it's right. impossible. It's impossible. They're scared. Well, I don't know why, because I mean, I was terrified. I thought I was going to be murdered. That's right. how scared I was. But then right. again, I, I just felt like it's a big company. I'm just a little person. And yeah, they, they can threaten me. And I'm afraid because I became a physical therapist again. I thought I would get in trouble for having been in the mirror. But I should realize that, that that was a you know my job and that's okay. But I, I really, and I hated myself for having known I'd seen the moldy bud and sold it. I felt like such a loser, but it was a hostile work environment. I saw the mold on the buds in the dispensary. And we were told to pick off the moldy part and sell the rest. <laughs> Unreal. And people, I, I drive by the dispensary today, and so because I went to see a patient, and I saw someone outside, a net employee, no mask on, patient within, you know, too close to her. But when I drove back after an hour, yeah, they had masks on. So I really wonder what they're doing now, 
because that's what I saw going in. I wish I stopped and took a picture. I know. Because, I, I was even thinking about staking them out this weekend, but I'm like, you know, I got better things to do. Me too. I don't, you know what, Mike, the good thing is it's been three years of my life. I've almost given up, but you kind of renewed it reaching out to me because it is a serious problem. But the thing is people, so many people could go there to get their products and people might get sick because of their patients anyway. They can get away with this. People aren't putting it together. What's going on? And I really want to know when those vape cartridges fail, they must know which ones they were and what company. Why is this not again for sale, this specific type of cartridge? Missing in action. That was the best seller. That was the one with the most varieties. That was the one with the most potencies. Mm. It was also the one made by Kevin Fisher out there who used banned pesticides in his grow facility and then said, oh, we don't know how that happened. Now that's also in the story that I wrote uh, with Dig Boston. Uh, we found that Kevin Fisher Ann and I found that Kevin Fisher had already been fined in Colorado yep. using heavy pesticides. Uh, so this is the gentleman that ran NETA in Massachusetts, his previous place in Colorado. He had been caught using heavy pesticides. Of course, he said it was nothing or an accident or clean. I don't know. He had some kind of excuse, didn't he? Oh, he blamed you know, the lab. He, yeah, yeah, he blamed yeah. the lab for it. And Kevin Fisher was also the gentleman that lied on his resume about where he yes. graduated from, degrees. He he was a liar from the start. And not only did he lie on the resume, he lied on the application, which, you know, it's levels of like it, when you lie on a resume, it's pretty bad. But when you lie on an application, that's you can get in big trouble for that. That's like almost. Well, oh, he was rewarded. He didn't, they yeah. didn't get in trouble. He, yeah. he, he supposedly stepped down in the yeah, agreement. He stepped was, down to yeah. satisfy the state. But at the same time, he kept his power at the company. Yep. As a consultant. Well, he gets an 18% cut of it, Mike. What do you think is going to happen with that? Yeah. He was getting an 18% cut off the top. So this is the shadiness of the cannabis industry. Unfortunately with big cannabis anyways. Um, mm -hmm. But it's again, for us, we, we reported it. You, you and I really, we, we covered this. We exposed that story. A lot of people did see it. A lot of customers, a lot of the community. I mean, I see anytime Netta's name come up, people say moldy cannabis. They always say mold. So people know about that. Sometimes they don't even know where they heard it. <laughs> they heard it from their friends who read our story. Um, but you know, the thing that I really like about this is that it comes back around and I feel like you mm -hmm. can't just ignore like I, I feel like our cannabis control commission ignores these issues too often. And when they do, yes. it comes around and bites them right in the ass at the worst possible time. Cannabis control commission, don't kid yourself. They want to get these recreational shops open right now. And the biggest impediment now is their own self-sabotage for not reigning in NETA in 2018 when you and other ex-employees were knocking at their door, were talking to the press, were willing to talk to anyone who called them from the CCC, but they never did. And I think that the CCC has to get their hands around this, around the bad operators, because this is embarrassing. This is the reason why, you know, Charlie Baker is going to be able to get away with not opening these shops with delivery. He's going to turn around and say, well, they, they can't, you know, they can't keep their own workers safe. Or the customers who come in the dispensary, Mike. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's not just the risk of, 
the products, but if you have people, I have to tell you, I knew this was going to happen because I'm Facebook friends still with some employees who work in the dispensary and they were worried. One came down two weeks ago with, or maybe two, three weeks ago with a mystery illness. She went to Bay State to be tested. They did not test her for COVID because they didn't do that back then. And then I saw other people worried. They were, they were saying, I'm afraid to go to the dispensary and work. So I wasn't surprised. I knew that they had COVID and 19 employees there, but there's nothing I could do about it. And this is going to put, uh, uh, mark my words, this is going to put the medical program at risk because this was a I, recreational cannabis that was being sold this week by Netta. They've closed the recreational part. It's their medical program that's still open, that's still serving patients. I mean, that's, they're still serving patients at Netta? Yes. And they had two I just people saw test them. positive for COVID-19. They've had uh, a bad, you know, bad press from the Boston Globe. I would expect that the, uh, you know, DPH would be there. The state of Massachusetts would be all over them. But it's like they're looking for something worse to happen. Um, I don't know. It's, this is a big problem to me. I think that the CCC needs to get their hands around this because if they don't, like they're going to, I would not doubt if Governor Charlie Baker, his next step is to completely shut down all medical cannabis because of incidents like this at Netta with the COVID-19. What do you think, Ann? Am I off base on that? No, I know that um, Shailene Title made a statement about wanting to have the governor reconsider, but how can that happen when the story came out about the recreational? And you're right. That could be something where Charlie Baker is thinking, is this really healthy for people? Are they ensuring safe regulation? Well, I have to say, sadly, Mike, they are not safely regulating this. That's the reality. So I, come on, like, I guess you, they can't really fess up and make it better. They just want to ignore it. And I lost a lot of my faith in the state from this whole thing. I, I, again, it took a pandemic for this to come out. If, and I, again, I don't have much faith in the state doing anything. I think they'll say they researched it. And, oh, we did something. And they just want to overlook the problem. It's beyond their ability to really regulate this. It's shocking. Uh, we've got a couple comments here from Sean Curley. He's someone that's uh, in the employed in the industry. He says, "I can't believe nothing ever happened from the CCC mm -hmm. with this." Um, yeah. He also says, "Just saw those photos on Boston trees. Insane." Yeah. Uh, my friend Dogna Hackett's are, are also on there, and she said, "There's little consumer protection, let alone patient." She also says, "Grow your own," and I think that's very smart at this point for patients to grow their own when they can. Not everyone can grow their own because, you know, of their living conditions. Or knowledge. People yeah. have told me that they have trouble growing, but you're right because you just have people, this is again for money, every last dollar. There were practices where things shouldn't have been sold, but we did it anyway for money. It's greed, Mike. Greed and not about the cannabis plant. It's all about greed. And you know how disillusioning that was for me and for them three more years to pass. That's why I've been driven to do something. But I recognize now the states know about this. The feds know about it. And no one's doing anything. I'd suggest, and at least, yeah, yeah. I, my suggestion for cannabis consumers and patients is you don't know. I understand you don't always have the option because believe me, I've been consuming this for decades. So I've been in every situation. But you need to get to. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, if you need something today and you can't get that, you know, got to do what you got to do for today. 
But longer term, you got to kind of plan it in your mind that you should be, if you're consuming it and purchasing it, you should be purchasing it and consuming it from a source that actually doesn't just care about money. And I think that you can right. find that, like I said, when if you're growing your own, obviously, but if you can't grow your own, there are a lot of folks that are growing their own. And a lot of times they have a little extra. And that's a lot of times what I rely on. And if you don't have someone like that, you know, there's a lot of groups you can join, whether it's on Facebook or other social networks that are local growers or local people. And they'll kind of put you in touch if you, if you, you know, put out the right signals and the right vibes and, and they know you long enough and they know who you are. And also on your own social media, not everyone is able to put out the, you know, the bat sign on their social media. But, you know, for me, when, you know, I was really upset that I was going to have to go back to dispensaries only, I, I just kind of put a signal, you know, on my Facebook post. I'm looking and I need someone closer to me. I've moved, you know, I need some help. And next thing I know, there's like, you know, five people in my inbox that I already knew, people I knew, but I didn't know that they had, you know, offerings, let's put it that way. And so I think that's one thing people should start considering um, is try to find good sources that aren't just about the money and that just aren't, you know, and even if you are going to a dispensary, kind of consider which dispensary you're going to. The last dispensary I would, I've been there once, Netta. In the very mm -hmm. beginning, when I didn't know any better, but I would never, ever, that would be, I, I won't go there. I will never go there. You'll never see me at Netta unless yeah. I'm like, you know, staking them out to, to do a story. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, right. What do you I think about say, that, Anne? As a bud tender, I actually started working in September 28th, 2015. The dispensary opened, and I knew local growers who would come in there, and they'd be like, your weed is shit, Anne. And I didn't believe them. And also, I... My friends would smoke it and they would notice that they felt bad. They felt sick. And then I went to the local grow store, hydroponic equipment. And the man there told me that he could taste the hydrogen peroxide on it. So everyone knows about it. I think they cater to people with no knowledge of marijuana, the new patients. And that's what really bothers me. People who, again, they're new cannabis users. They're thinking this is something that's going to help them. Yeah, they're just like easy marks, I think. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I think in the recreational market, there's also a lot of consumer um, uh, tourism going on yep. you know, over there. Everyone's coming from New York to go to Netta. I yeah. drive by it. And that's the thing. That's why actually Governor Baker justified it. He, he said they're coming from New York. And, and they actually were. I'd see all the New York plates, yeah. Mike. Yeah, he could and easily. I think those people are, are well, better off not going there. I have yeah. to tell you. He could definitely, you know, ban out of state. That's what I think he should do at this point. Well, and then he says he can't. I read that he says that that's not legal. I wonder he can, about though. that. He can. Other states have done it. And especially during an emergency pandemic, he could definitely do it. That's not even, that's a BS answer from Baker. He's good at those. He's good at having a, an excuse. And, you know, you can hmm. do delivery only. You can do curbside delivery. Like you don't need to have lines. You don't need to be, have people go, you know, there's other things I, he can be doing. But when you have a corporation like Netta do something like this, like it gives the industry a black eye. And yeah. why? Because they got away with it. I feel like if they'd done something earlier, it wouldn't have reached this point. Yeah, I agree 100%. If you didn't even try and call me or reach out to me or respond to my emails, I've emailed the CCC. Uh, the cultivator and harvest manager have spoke before them. Nothing was done. Nothing was changed. You would think at a certain point, you'd think, wow, there have been like three to five Plus workers come forward yeah. and they discounted all of us because it was convenient. 
a lot of posts on Boston Reddit trees too. I mean, yeah, you know, I read you them. Think, you'd think that CCC would do what I do. Anytime I see one of those posts on Reddit, I, I, I contact that person. I say, what's up? Who are you? Can I get some information? I, I never hear that the CCC is investigating any of this or anybody from the state, which is shocking to me at this point. Yeah, but I guess I, I've just given up on the CCC. I mean, maybe I'll be proved wrong, but I just don't think that they really have the uh, the stomach to try and fix this. Instead, they're just going to gloss it over. Can they really afford to have you know bad press now? Though that is bad press already. Yep. Yep. And again, it's really disappointing because I went into the industry thinking this was going to be something that was safe and regulated, and it's not safe and it's not regulated at least not by Netta, because I know that firsthand because I've worked for them. We're talking to Ann Hassel. She's an ex-employee of New England Treatment Access. She quit over what they were doing to employees and patients. Um, in, mm -hmm. in that story, there's a lot of stuff off the record or even on the record that never got on the record in the story that I kind of left out because there's so much. If you look at the right. story that we wrote in 2018, there's a lot of meat to it. But there were some other allegations um, and I just want to make people uh, like aware of how Netta actually acted to its employees, because to me, and, and this is something that I've found with a, another dispensary group locally, I'm not going to even name, but you could probably figure it out if you read between the lines, really abusive to their customers, like, like almost like a cult, but really, really abusive. And, and I'll give you an example, like at Netta, they would tape every employee, every, if you're a bartender, they, they, they are taping every transaction that you have with customers. And if you raised your arm in the morning meeting and said, Hey, what about the safety concern? What about this? Yes. Issue? If you push back too much in management, what would happen is some guy in the security department would pull out your tapes from the last six months. They would start reviewing every single tape that you have until they found it in a fraction. Then they would pull you in the office and write you up. It's gaslighting, Mike. That's exactly what happened. And it was like a vicious cult. Everyone who left Netta told me it was like a vicious cult. And that's what it was. They were gaslighting. And you're right. They would do that. But I was too smart because I knew they were targeting me. I knew it for sure. And I quit. Before they could get away with it. Well, they actually, the, the last um, evening I did work, same thing. They said to me, and you didn't even look at the at the label on the eighth you dispense. And I said, I find that hard to believe. So we sat down in the security booth, they played at triple speed, the transaction, and they're like, see, you didn't even look at it. But I got her to slow it down, where I actually hold it 12 inches from my nose saying, see, there I am reading the label. Unless you're gonna say I'm, I'm looking at it and not reading it. You know what she said? Well, we can't prove that. <laughs> so that's the thing, they, because, the last week I was there, I was actually going up to people saying, what the fuck is this? Is this marijuana? And people are like, I don't know. Because again, you have plant growth regulators. I didn't know much about them because I always grew organically, but there's remediation techniques. There are ways to, you know, get the bud to weigh more. There are ways to pass the test, mold, you know, the mold test by masking it. And I, I was a very good employee. I was promoted. I was promoted. And in fact, worked in the inventory vault. And then because I was not a young 22-year-old who would do anything for a $15 an hour job and actually cared about health, well, then I was targeted. So were other people targeted. And I can't believe that, that one worker is still working at NetA after she was in the Globe.
Right. I expect Meta to like terminate everyone if they can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny because there are some other ones talking on on Reddit. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple weeks here with the employees or ex-employees of Neta. The more recent ones that we haven't, Ann and I really haven't talked to. I talked to one of them a little bit on Reddit, but I have no idea who they are. Uh, I have no idea really? about the situation at yeah. this point. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Um, it's funny because, uh, you know, we were talking about grow your own and even the local cultivators I told you about it. And you were talking about what they do to the bud at Deta yep. uh, and some of these large conglomerates, you know, really what it is, it's like a commercial mass commercial product. It's similar to like what, you know, Budweiser does for beer or RJR Reynolds does for cigarettes. It's not craft number one. And you can tell the difference when you have a local grower you know, someone who, who cultivates locally some craft cannabis and they share it with you, like I get it shared with me, you can tell it's a different taste. It's a different, it's just so different than what you get at the, you know, when you go into uh, a big registered marijuana dispensary like Netta, the product is completely different. It could be the same strain. It, you know, you can still say, you know, oh, wow, this stuff's gassy from Netta. But it's just different. You, I don't know what it is, but you can tell. I don't know if it's a radiation. I don't know if it's it's it drier. It just doesn't have the same yeah. taste. It doesn't have the same smell. It's just different. You can still, you know, feel and get the high out of it, but it's just not the same. Do you, well, they have the same four strains, and they're going down. I know one of their justifications way back. And by the way, when you did uh, moldy cannabis, it caused them to have to say something to try and, you know, I guess justify what they're doing. But the high, they said, oh, we don't use hydrogen peroxide because that would destroy the THC content. Well, now they're like, THC content is plunging at like 12%. It's the same old four strains, you know? And at first when I met the cultivators, I was mad that they did this. I felt like, how could you produce this? But then again, I sold it. So I understand they were in a hostile environment. I signed a five-page non-compete clause that threatened me not only with a $100,000 fine, but criminal prosecution. So that's what they did to people. They scare people. They scare workers. And then most of the, the workers too, let's be frank, are younger people. Uh, you, yep. you and myself, I mean, yep. I'm not saying we're, we're like ancient because I don't think we are, <laughs> but I think yep. we're a little bit older than some of these typical netter employees that they you know, bully and scare who don't have as much yeah. worldly experience to say, you know what, F you, I'm not doing this. Well, yeah, because... Well, like, it was hard for me because at first I just thought the grow was so bad. They kept telling us it would get better. I just thought the guys at the cultivation center didn't know how to grow. I'm like, these guys are just terrible. What's wrong with them? But the fact is, you're right. I'm an older employee. And actually, the younger employee, it's so much easier to get swept up in it. Like, oh, I'm selling this. This is my dream job. And at first, they, they hired medical professionals like me, a physical therapist. Someone was an EMT. Someone had, again, a... a bachelor's in healthcare administration but then later towards the end the dispensary manager told me they were only hiring bud tent uh, bartenders and gas station people or retail people people who won't ask questions people who don't know as much but the thing was they never wanted to produce a medicine this was all about commercialization and industrialized marijuana from day one i i i can definitely see that not even a question and i think it's and, the, and they let it happen they just the state let it happen it's sad it's it's good you know this could be 
it's the worst possible time because of what what's happening with the COVID-19. This could ruin the entire industry. Let's be serious. Like in the medical patients right now are hanging from a thread because now they have all these new um, licensed, you know, people who, who are mm-hmm. holding cards now who are new patients because they, had, they got pushed from the rec market. So yeah. the supplies are going to be under, you know, it's going to be a tighter medical supply, number one. There was already a run on the, on the cannabis anyways. But now you have this situation where we don't know if Charlie Baker is going to shut down the entire medical cannabis system tomorrow. And we have much less of a chance of getting recreational back open. We just do because of this Netta story. I guarantee you. He, you don't think Charlie Baker's seen that story and he's looking at it. He's probably salvaged, like saying, you know what, this bails me out. Now I, now I can tell all the cannabis people and all the media questions on it. To just look at Netta. That's why I shut them down. Right? He's not saying anything about it, though. So, uh, but part of me thinks he's not he yet. Know but I, the, yeah. he, you know, his comments, his last comments on it came right before the story came out. So, right, you know. I saw that it was last Friday, actually. I think it was Friday. He gave a news conference, and then I'm not sure when this. Um, when did this story? No, maybe it was before Friday. I can't the, remember. The another story. Yeah. I think it came out on Friday. No, today. Yeah. Today, Saturday. So. Saturday. Yeah, Thursday. I'm not sure, but it. it I don't think he is aware of it until after, you know what I mean? After that, like I just, my, my recollection. Yeah. I think it but I just feel for the people, because here you have what I actually said from the beginning coming forward about the mold. And some people laugh at that. It's not funny. Not when you have Boitris and uh, Aspergillus, which, which has actually killed someone in California who went to a medical dispensary that had it when you're inhaling it deep in your lungs. And, it's just so sad that the immunocompromised people are consuming that and then they're greater risk for COVID. Yep. Because if you already are immunocompromised, like the Netta worker said she was, right? She's like, I'm immunocompromised. And then you're consuming a product that's already bombarding your system. Yep. It's just, it's really, really sad. And I just hope that you're saying maybe the CCC will do something. The Department of Public Health did nothing. I don't think that, you know, my sister told me, Mike, she said, Massachusetts, didn't really want this so they just did a shitty job regulating it maybe that's the truth they didn't want it just do a shitty job yeah it seems like that it seems like they favored big players you know they figured that big money would do it right over the smaller players which is it's it completely the opposite actually (laughs) you know like it's just like would you rather have monsanto growing your food or the local farm stand it's you know yep and that's what we have. We have Monsanto running the cannabis. You know, it's not well, the yeah, small they are. local they really want to. farm. Right. You know, farm stand that we want. Yep. So, uh, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass along because I have Shaleen Title's number. I'm going to give you her phone number, and uh, hopefully you call her, and hopefully some something comes of this. If you know what I'd like you to do is give me an update on it and let me know if really yeah I mean you why not she she said she said to call her I mean that's what it said in the globe but for she definitely knows about this story Mike I just feel like I've reached out to so many people and I just feel like I've been blown off by so many people so you feel like at this point you're not going to call her? Is that you're you're I'll call her no I want to call her because I need to call her I want to call her so I'll definitely call her. her Shaleen's probably like, oh, Mike sent another angry person at me. 
I, I won't be angry. I'll just say, what are you doing? You know, yeah. if you really want well, this you know, to happen. You know what then, you should do too is when you talk to Shalene, ask her for Britt McBride's number. You know, because Britt McBride is health and safety all the time, right? And and the really? other one, the wow. um, Britt McBride and uh, who's the other one? Uh, Cheryl Bartlett, I think her name. No, that, uh, yeah. I know you have Steve Hoffman who's the head of it. You're not yeah, mentioning you should, him. You should get all their numbers. It's like these people always talk about health and safety and all this yep. other BS. It's like, it's like, okay, well, what so about here's my- a real health and safety issue. You talk about law enforcement and public safety all the time. Well, here's the actual public safety issue. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, we'll see. Did uh, you know that 80% of marijuana in Denver dispensary shelves failed for mold? I'm telling you, this is a country, this is a pervasive thing happening with big marijuana, Mike. It's not just, oh, it's just this one corporation. It's happening. They need to be instituting some rules so that you just don't have greedy corporations doing whatever they want, making up the rules, circumventing the rules to make every last dollar. And it's so sad that people looked forward to this and they trusted the corporations and they trusted the state. But I guess the main message I got is don't trust the corporations. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. And I think we need someone being a watchdog on it. I'm glad Dan Adams took up this story. I'll give I couldn't him believe it. I actually could not believe it when I read it. Because uh, I contacted him. He didn't get back to me either, Mike. He didn't want to either. Back two years ago. So what I'm saying is not popular, but it's the truth. Maybe it takes something as tragic as what this involves to have people willing to look into regulation. Or maybe you're right. The scale tipped. So many things were going wrong. So many bad stories that he was being told. Then I get, you know, I guess yeah. he figured, wow, we better write about this one. I'm not even sure Dan Adams was around back then. He might have been. It might have been just when he started. He was, so actually. He the cultivator told me in December of 2018 to contact him, and he never got back to me. Okay. That was actually a while back. They you were know, all excited. The angle I look at it, too, like – like this is my like not even opinion. It's like kind of just like maybe I I don't know. You know I don't know how this stuff works at all because I never worked at the Boston Globe. But right. I always wonder because they were so anti-cannabis during the oh, campaigns yeah. for legalization that after it got legal, I wonder if they weren't at first just like you know what we're just going to be all cheerleading for the industry yep. now for a couple of years to kind of get our you know, to show the industry that we're not against them anymore. And I just wonder maybe if that was why they wouldn't go all in on that right away. I, I'm not sure. I, I have no idea. Or maybe it's because I covered it first. Who knows? Could be they. <laughs> well, you know, but, but the globe has taken up stories you've done before, they, Mike. They have, I remember. That's true. So why they, did it happen but, in this case? But they never give me credit. So. so oh, but why didn't they too? pick up this story? Why didn't they pick this up? I don't know. I don't know. But that's why I have a lot of respect for you for caring about this. You weren't someone who said, well, I'm too worried about what could happen. You wanted to do the the truth because you were someone who, again, this was a long fight. You've been an activist a long time. And this is important. And I imagine for you, it makes you upset that you're going to have people, again, be harmed because of greed. And there's yeah. so much money in it. You had people in Silicon Valley know nothing about marijuana. They're all like, well, we're going to get into this. We want to make some money. So many people. It's so unethical. It's only about the money. Yeah. I mean, patients and, and employees, two groups of people I care about. 
You know, of course I'm going to be upset great. by it. You know, you know what, what I thought was funny is that they hired like a PR firm to deal with that little story. And then they just, basically, <laughs> and they admitted almost everything. They admitted the, yep. you know, first they denied the hydrogen peroxide and then they yep. only hear, and it's just funny. They, they, they said it's water in um, air, it's water and air. No problem. Yeah. They confirmed <laughs> a lot of what we reported. It was funny. Like they're, they're big expensive PR firm that they hired to answer our Dig Boston all weekly print story, basically confirmed most of it. So, and the, you know, and everything else, like they didn't, if you really look at their response, there was nothing that they could do to knock down our story. They couldn't sue us. They couldn't really come after the facts right. of the story because we documented it all. And it wasn't even my, like, I, you know, the stuff I reported on with the documentation I provided was the political stuff, the stuff I looked into and found. But right. most of the real documentation came from one person was Ann Hassel, who I'm speaking to here, because you kept everything. You kept the report. Right. You kept the test that you did. You, you know, you did some testing. You filed some complaints. You kept everything. Yeah. You had a record of everything. And there was no denying it. They couldn't, they couldn't face you. They couldn't say, you know what? They, yeah. they tried to discredit you generically, but they never named you. And they I know, isn't that crazy? I yeah. I thought that because they didn't sue me, I thought for sure I'd get sued. I was scared. They can't my... sue you. They, then that would allow yeah. you discovery, and then it would prove that we were correct. <laughs> I knew well, they know, weren't going to sue us because I knew, you know, we had all the proof. Uh, I would me, I would have loved to get sued by them. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love to be on the stand and get to have my point. Mm. And can I just say you helped out because you know what? OSHA reopened the case. I don't know if you know this part. A year later, after my complaint, oh yeah, that's they went right. into the they went into the dispensary and they swabbed the counter and like, oh, good to go. So because it was an open case until you got involved. Yeah, I and called, I you know, I got to admit for once in my life, I did actually call the feds. <laughs> <laughs> I did. But all, I I did was, all I did is, is, is follow up. <laughs> I said, I got all this info. This is what I got. Yeah. I, you guys got to file. Let's share some information to full disclosure, you know? It's pretty funny. It's pretty, and you know, occupational safety, it, this is for workers. That's basically what OSHA is. They protect workers. You know what the OSHA man told me about the mold? He said the mold would have to be so great you couldn't see the hand in front of your face. Does that really make sense? Is that true? I mean, come on. Yeah. The mold is so great you can't see. I mean, I feel like they're blowing me off. Well, they actually were blowing me off. Yeah. OSHA, and, I had uh, several conversations even on the yeah. phone. They they took me <laughs> seriously when I called um, and emailed. And, you know, I, they were upfront with me. They basically told me, like, we really can't get into this because it's cannabis and we're the feds. Like we're trying not they, they to told me that too. Yeah, yeah. They said they can't, they said, you know what? I have an email where I said, well, you told me your hands were tied and yeah, that's, he didn't deny it. He told me his hands were tied. Yeah. yeah. He also told me, but they also wanted to protect workers. Like deep down those OSHA guys want to protect the workers. They do just politically think, their hands are tied. Well then that that's left up to the CCC to, to monitor that's, this. That's right. Right. That's right. But actually, the U.S. the Massachusetts Department of Agriculture was the one who went to Triple M and shut it down for pesticides. Why on earth didn't the CCC involved in that? Yeah, so I want to know who was that employee who shut that down? Someone did. They won't say the CCC is very tight-lipped about these things. They That'd sure, be a good question they for sure are. That's the other thing. Sure. They are very tight-lipped about these things. And it that just bothers me because. I guess I always thought that they should be open and transparent and they'd say they're open and transparent, but they're not. 
I'm a call. I'm definitely going to give Shailene title a call. I can't wait to see how, what comes out on that. So what do you, th what, I mean, what, what's your prediction on this? Like, we're going to, you know, close this conversation down today, but like in two weeks, do you think Nata will still be open? Do you still think uh, they won't get in any yep. trouble? No trouble at all. Nope. They'll, again, they have the money, they have the power, Mike. And the employees, again, the ones who are on the front lines and worried, they're the ones that are, in, in fact, maligned and not believed. Maybe after this, they'll believe them somewhat. But I don't think there'll be many repercussions for Netta. I expect them to be same old, same old. And that's really sad. And let me tell you, they may have the people who I worked with these people. And sometimes I wonder how they sleep at night. I don't even care anymore because one day this will come to light and they should really understand that harming people for money is not acceptable. Because I think they know, Mike, how could they not know? They know. Um, a couple of our listeners are telling you to call her. They want you to call. I Shalene. am calling her. All right, good. Oh, I, I'm gonna call her. Good. You're right. Um, I don't have because I understand. I worked for it for a year and a half. I was an employee. I have all this documented. Again, I've been blown off by them before, but this might be the one time there might be a little tiny crack where they'll listen to me. Now, this uh, you know that there's employees right now at Netta who are probably having the same thoughts in their head that you had when you worked there. And yes. even some ex-employees, um, they're going through the same things that you went through several years ago. What would your advice be to any of them who are listening right now? I would say you're, if you're working there now, you need to wake up and you may feel like you have, you have to go along with this, but you don't because you are being complicit if you understand what's going on and you are involved in it. So I would advise them. Maybe some are documenting and getting out and preparing what to do but i think a lot of people they don't understand what marijuana the young people they don't understand this is harmful i totally bought their lies mike i bought them that this is the best of the best because they were slick mike if you look back at who was involved kevin fisher fisher and norton Alvarez, really they had it down pat they had the glossy things the thing is you can have a, a really pristine dispensary with beautiful elegant looking you know packages of what you're putting the product in but their product it's crap it's it's crap not only crap dangerous crap so i don't know if i'll get in trouble saying that but again i have a cartridge here i'd love to have it tested and i've tried to work with other people to get it tested but it's like they don't really no one has offered to help me with that except for ashley if you remember her yes. who i worked with so that, I mean, that, I think you're entitled to have that opinion that it's crap. It's your experience yeah. and your, it's your yeah. opinion. You get to have that educated opinion that it is crap. It is, but the problem is people, again, when I see the reviews, I heard that Google allows you to fake star reviews. So it's all, it's been 4.6 for three years now, mm. you know, because they don't want to have it at five because no one would believe five. So, oh, let's just go ahead. And they write their own reviews. Have you seen some of the reviews written? Yeah. I know who, who writes them. It's so sad. They're like, I went to Netta and I got right in. A, no no parking problem at all. And then I got the, the big cartridge. Everyone, you know what I mean? They're like promoting it. Yeah, they have paid. And, they, they, you can buy your own uh, reviews through those services. But I really, also know. Yeah. You can definitely buy your own reviews. But I also do note that some Terrible reviews also come in. Have you ever seen them? Oh, before? I've read them. Yeah. Sometimes it's usually about what we wrote about, which is mold. 
that comes up a lot. Like you, you, you see people having complaints, like, and you're like, that's not a fake review. That's a real review. Have you seen those? Yes, I've seen them. And actually, I know I sold the moldy marijuana. Customers would return it to me at the counter. And again, my manager would say the customer must have done something to make it moldy. And it would be a grayish mold on a dried bud. And that's the thing. There's this one article I, I asked people to look it up called Blasting Mold into Green Gold. And it's put out by Washington or Oregon. And the thing is, they don't really care about the mold, Mike. They want to make the concentrates highest profit margin, but they have to have some marijuana flower because that's what people want, right? So by and large, you know, I've read about corporations. They want to actually have marijuana grown in yeast. Okay. Forget about the plant. Is this really what this is supposed to be about, Mike? No. Making money. as And there's just so many things going wrong in the industry. And it's been so disheartening for me. Well, I thank you so much. Honestly, you're you're a hero to a lot of us for speaking up and telling the truth. And I think that any uh, employee or ex-employee of Netta should speak to you or follow your lead. Uh, I would also suggest to them to document everything like you did. You documented everything. You had like on this date, I met with this person, this happened. You should have yeah. a diary and keep all your this documentation, emails that they send you, all that stuff. Yeah. And Look how thick that is. I have another binder of this. How many Frank emails? How many? It's funny. How many emails did we? Did you send me? Where you afford? So many. Me another like killer document where I was like, oh my god, oh my god. So I just can't it, believe. And if anyone in the media wants to follow up on this too, that's the other thing. I don't right? think they will follow up though. I can I put you were... in touch with Anne anytime. Any any of my reporter friends. I've been still pitching it to a couple other reporters because I don't want to have really? to do the follow up on this. I think maybe after COVID nineteen happened. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But I thank you for what you've done because so many people, Mike, you're the only journalist who wrote about it, and isn't that sad? I tried a muckraker. I tried the three Boston Globe people. I've been contacting other people nationally. No one wants to write about it, and I realize that it's like this is a wave coming in the green rush. And it's, I'm just too early with it. Unfortunately, many more people are going to have to get hurt until eventually regulation happens. And I've had people say, Ann, you worry too much. Wait 10 years. Really? Is that what it's going to take? Letting people be harmed for 10 years? I know. That's funny because it's, it's, they're probably right. And that's what I'm realizing now. Because I got, I, I, both of us, we got really, I mean, this was two years ago we wrote this story that we put it out. Yep. And we, you know. If it came out two years ago, it happened before that. So, you know, we've 20, been, I you, think that the cultivator said it started in 2014 and 2015 was when the mold happened because of the right. illegal importation of clones that brought back the mold. That, that, there's another part of the story we never mentioned. About, yeah. The illegal know, clones. We, we found information that they imported clones illegally from another state. A lot of information about what Netta did and has done has not been investigated. Um, I want to thank Ann for bringing it to light. Um, it did, you know, it has bothered me for the last couple of years that they seem to get away with this. Yeah. Um, it did weigh heavily on me that people are being poisoned and sickened. Yes. Um, however, it does come to light. What we did report two years ago, I feel like it is coming to light. And I feel like we, we did have a part because you took that stand. I feel like that's why this Globe story came out. Really? I, I do. 
Well, that's, it, it'd be good to think that, but I, again, it's just a terrible thing, the COVID-19 for people to be experiencing. And it's just crazy how, again, it took something like this to really have it come forward. The, the, the Globe did talk about Kevin Fisher uh, having the intrusions on his application and about they other did. things. They reported on that. People, they were the, they were the first ones to report on that, I believe. And, not, and Kay Lazar reported on them not providing the customers their discount, the economic hardship discount, because I'm sitting there and people are like, what about my discount? And we're like, oh no. So they knew that, Mike, they knew they should have been giving people a discount. They were just too cheap, seriously. Right. The 10% discount that's mandated by the state, they didn't do it. And then, do you know how mad people were? Because they felt like they, what happened? And, and if you have all these stories showing that they're not following the rules, well, of course this COVID-19 is going to come out. And the trajectory is what I expected. I wasn't surprised at all. But I do think, uh, sadly, nothing will be done. And maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe the Cannabis Control Commission has enough insight and care and compassion about people to want to do something. Or it'll be more of the same. Let the corporations dominate. We're getting by fine. It'll all work out in 10 years. I think that's a major mistake. I think that it, it may end up to, you know, destroying this entire industry. Yep. That reminds me of a story that was written by a cultivator. He worried that people who are getting sick, they'll think it's, they will blame the, you know, marijuana as a medicine, instead of saying that it was toxically produced, there's a big difference. Like you say, you understand when you have the flower that is a certain way, and then you try something that's contaminated. That's right. There's a big difference. And especially when you're growing it, like factory farming, they're using the quickest, cheapest, low-end nutrients. And the people you know, I know Ziggy Marley wrote about this, and so did actually Willie Nelson. Beware of the corporations, beware of big weed, beware of the pesticides, because they know. I know Ziggy Marley's probably been sitting around and someone gave him some, oh, this is from the medical marijuana dispensary. And he tries it and he's like, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's funny because if you have a tomato, yep. tomato is good for you, right? But you throw some pesticide on it, you eat the tomato yep. and you die of the pesticide. Most people realize it's the pesticide that killed you, not the tomato. But in this case... We know there will be a lot of people that will blame the tomato in this case, which is cannabis, instead of the actual, you know, things that were thrown on to the top of it. But again, you know, even what bothers me even more about this, this story and this topic, even beyond the patients and the consuming of the product, is the way that they treat the employees, too. Especially, oh, just so terribly. I mean, Mike, it was the most hostile work environment. I would come home from work and cry. My friends begged me to quit. They're like, what's wrong with you? And the, again, it was such a gaslighting technique done really, I think, to keep people on edge and to keep us in the dark. I wonder why they were so secretive. It seemed over the top. And I just thought, well, it's as they said, if you read any bad press about us, it's not true. Well, that's what they told us. Because I knew when I read about Kevin Fisher having lied on his application, on the dispensary hmm. application, that gave me a bad feeling. Yeah. And I still, I wanted to work in the industry. It was the third dispensary to open. It was my life dream because, again, I got arrested for growing marijuana in 1988 and went to jail. So I'm someone who it was my passion. You're a believer. I wanted to be a part of it. And my dream job became a nightmare. And I should have expected not to trust the corporations, but I did. I really, really believe them. I guess that's the big lesson for me, Mike, is be very wary and don't count on the state to protect us and don't count on especially the corporations that are greedy, but especially the state because 
what happened was I, I did question the marijuana because I saw them all, but I put my faith in the state. I kept saying, and it passed the state testing. It's passed the state testing. So that's why I stayed there. But I was suspicious for over a year and a half. I think one of the uh, key points on this too, in what you made is, you know, don't trust the state to do something about it. Yeah. Don't even trust the press. You think the press would be all over this. Don't trust them to do anything either. I learned that one. That made me so sad but, when, I, but when I felt put, like there's put no it out. Help. You know, find a way to get it out there. You know, if it's not me, there's do it yourself. Find a reporter, do a podcast. That's what you did. You started talking about it online. And, and these, these ex-employees or, or current employees that are going through it right now, that's what I would suggest to them. You know, whoever's posting that stuff on Reddit, continue to do it because a lot of people are reading that. A lot of or people reach are out to, Or to reach out to you. Why don't they reach out to you? We'll see. Maybe. I think, I think they're afraid. Maybe when they see this, they can understand that I was like one them. I was so scared. And I kept thinking that terrible things would happen in my life, that I would be sued, that I would never work in the industry again. I mean, so many things were so scary, but I just had to do it. I, and it took a long time for me to work up the courage. Maybe they can say to themselves, look, that woman, the, the one um, net employee who came forward, her name's in the paper. I'm standing here. So the thing, I think her name was Barbara. I don't know her. She's in Brookline, but I give her a lot of credit. She has her name out there. Let's hope so. At the bottom, I think her name, and, and you know what, read what they say. They're worried about people's health. These workers are so worried, and they, I'm sure, told management. They're, like it said, they told management, and management didn't care. Packed them in like sardines, just didn't care. And what about the Reddit with all the terrible mold that's dropping down on the flower in the flower room? Yeah, that 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 seems like something that uh, hopefully the Boston Globe looks into. I know they've, they, I'm sure they've seen those photos. I'm sharing it around some of my reporter friends. We'll see if anyone else is interested. I don't interested. know if anyone else would be interested. I don't, I don't know, but I give you. That's all right, because you know what, we're gonna do something anyways. We're gonna quote you, and we're gonna see if we can get some quotes from them. We'll probably do something as well. Uh, I think enough's already come out, which is exciting in the Globe. Um, I'm going to read the end of the, uh, the story yep. because Barbara, uh, I don't even know how to say a name that you mentioned, Bar Barbara yep. Carapacciano, a 30-year-old patient advisor at Netta's Brookline Dispensary, said the company has failed to provide masks or protective partitions to prevent transmission of COVID-19 mm -hmm. between workers there and the medical marijuana patients they serve, some of, who, some of whom have compromised immune systems. In addition to better protective care, she and other workers who spoke with the Globe want NETA mm -hmm. managers to communicate virus-related protocols better, check employees' temperatures before they clock mm -hmm. in, more thoroughly sanitize shared equipment such as computers, and keep workers apart, among other efforts. We see enough people that we could be a vector for this virus to spread yes. exponentially, she said. Netta has not set up an adequate response whatsoever. I have an autoimmune disorder myself, and I'm putting mm -hmm. myself at risk every time I walk through these doors. My biggest concern is the people, everyone involved. Wait, so they have an employee that has an autoimmune disorder. Many workers do, Mike, because they're and, medical marijuana patients. Yeah, and they're not protecting her whatsoever, and she has to go to the press to get help. 
I give her a lot of credit because I do too. Big is props she still working her. there? I mean, well, I, don't I know. <laughs> I would like to know if she's still working there after Dan Adams put that in the Boston Globe. That's she's a, she's another hero. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I mean, that's a yeah. Great, because yeah. I give her credit. No, she's thirty, so she's a little bit older than like the you know, the twenty. The kids that they usually hire, right? Millennials, yeah, that will just go along with whatever said because you know for them it's a lot of money. The fifteen dollars an hour. It's like oh, this is so much money and. For me, I, I could at least fall back on being a physical therapist. And I have to say, sometimes if you work in the cannabis industry, I had a lie. I could put that on my resume. You you, you can't because then- kind of traps people, you, yeah. Yeah, it traps you. So no, I, the, all the jobs I've gotten since then, I, I couldn't mention it. Uh, because I, would, I felt yeah. like I wouldn't I get a job. Isn't that I sad? Was a, I was a financial advisor, financial guy, yep. tons of cannabis experience before the cannabis industry even, you know. Yep. I was a guy who was in high times, you know, booking- and I oh, you were in never, high times? Yeah, I was in high times a couple times. <laughs> oh, I think I saw that, yes. Yeah, back in the day. But, you know, it's just, it's funny because I always had, a, you know, even though sometimes I go for a marketing job and I'm like, I did all this marketing stuff with MassCan, I could never mention it because, you know. Wow. So you cannabis too, huh? angle, you know? Yep. So it's so true. But, but uh, maybe with, some of people will contact you. Maybe some of these workers will realize your, your story was well-written. I was really happy with the way, the way you wrote it. I think you were a good journalist. And if only they should reach out to you or Let's the so. Globe or someone, I hope that they can keep, um, again, they're doing it for people's health. If you read another part of the story, these people, the cultivator said he's extremely worried about people's health. No doubt about it. I mean, I, I can totally understand why they would be. If yeah. you look at the pictures that they're posting on Reddit of the mold. Yep. Again, I want to thank you so much, Anne, for coming on. If anyone's looking for the stories that we mentioned, you know, you could just put it in the Google machine. Yep. Moldy Cannabis Netta. You'll you'll find my Dig Boston story from 2018 right away. That's the first thing that will pop up. Uh, again, I want to thank Anne Hassel yep. for taking the time well, on you. Saturday. Yep. Uh, she's a former ex-employee of New England Treatment Access. She She blew the whistle. Uh, a big scandal of the way they treat their employees, the health concerns back in 2018 at NETA that went completely unaddressed beyond her reporting and the story that we put out. Uh, the regulators did nothing about it. They didn't contact her. The Boston mm -hmm. Globe, the Boston Herald, the TV station nope. really didn't follow up. Um, however, just last week, 2020, story about them and the coronavirus and how, again, they're treating their employees and their customers. And it's the same really concern about safety, health and safety. Um, and now it's in the globe. So I want to thank Anne for being the original whistleblower on NETA and making people aware that they are somebody that should be looked at. Because I think that they're getting a lot more eyeballs on them today. And I think it started with you back in 2018. Well, they'll see what happens. But I thank you for writing that story. And again, all the workers, please do the right thing and come forward. And I know it's scary, but if they would just come forward, Mike, more of them, maybe something can be done. Let's hope so. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's uh, uh, well, definitely something that we're going to keep tabs on. And, I'm glad. Uh, and we'll see. Maybe something will happen. I'll be shocked. Like, oh, my gosh, they did something. Wow. I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I, yeah, when I look down to, I'm always looking at the comments, seeing if there's anything. That's what I'm always looking for, too, to see if there's any 
you know, well, ex, ex-employees popping up and giving us some more info. They're probably scared, Mike. We'll see. I mean, some of them seem scared. Some of them don't. I mean, some of them seem like they uh, kind of got another on the run. So we shall see I, how this I, turns out, right? Well, the chickens come home to roost. How You know, they treated people so terribly in terms of the patients and the customers. So this was bound to happen. That's right. It's been, and you know what I'm saying? They didn't have to go to the length of, I'd say, deception and harm just to make money. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, you smoked the bud one time. Can you believe I did that for so long and the concentrates, the Azimax shatter, all those other terrible things? It, it had very bad physical and mental effects for me. Yeah, we didn't mention that. Tell us about how that stuff really did affect you, like physically and emotionally, no, everything had, that you went through. Um, again, I was having, at first I just felt like abdominal bloating. Then I actually was having lots of like headaches and then spasms in my legs. And then... Actually, you know, Mike, it got so bad. I was dabbing and I passed out. And my friends who were old school who smoked flour were like, what is up with you? Like, this is really bad. I never had marijuana provide adverse effects in my life of decades off and on usage. And I guess that shows you just how bad their product was to have that type of effect. Yep. Yep, definitely. I'm reading more comments too. Uh... The CCC, besides Commissioner Title, is a uh, make-work organization for these reefer-hating uh, cannabis control members. Who said that? <laughs> uh, I am Cannabis Sativa Podcast. Oh. Uh, he's basically saying that the you know commission, besides Commissioner Title, you know they they don't care about us. They don't care, but you know what? We were promised that this would be regulated. Wasn't that part of the idea? Yep. So I, I think people should be upset. If you know, the sad thing is, Mike, and I realize this, even if Netta became open for rec, there'd be a swarm of people from New York there tomorrow. It doesn't even matter that what, what the good the good thing is we're putting it out there, even if people still go back, because they still they're convinced it's great, but we're wrong. We don't know what we're talking about. I don't have an agenda. I don't work in the industry. You know I'm what's funny? Physical that, therapist. Yeah. You know what's funny, Ian? I, I felt like that I felt like that a lot when we put that story out. That yeah. Some people got it right away. They were like, wow, this is amazing what you just put out. But yeah. a, a good portion, like you're saying, were just like, nah, they they were convinced that our story was BS, that we weren't trustworthy. It was weird. But right. more recently, like I'm 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 talking about like not really the community that I run with, like I'm talking about the general population that you see out there. And I judge it by the haters on Reddit. Oh, <laughs> you really? know, Boston Trees is very mainstream if you think about it. And um what you see now, though, is the majority are with us. They got the story. They, 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 it's, it maybe took them two years to get there, but they see exactly what we're talking about. And like, if you look at the majority, I think most people are starting to get it. I really think, at least with the public, the tide has turned. And I think it's well, like anything else. It takes a couple of years to educate people. And well, they that's have to it. You see know what it someone told me? They, they hear it and they kind of want to yep. deny it. But then they yep. see it themselves and they're like, oh my God, what they said a year ago is right. And I think that happens a lot. Go ahead, Ann. Well, I talked, when it first came out, I did talk to someone and they told me that the press would be integral. To have the press, to, the press had to become involved. They didn't have much uh, faith in the leaders or the regulators. And the thing is, he said that the, the people, the people have to shame the politicians and legislators. If people 
don't go there and don't spend their money, that will impact the situation. Because people have power with where, what they purchase. If you go there, you're supporting this. You're supporting workers being intimidated and harassed and put at risk. And you're supporting the production of, I'd say, a toxic and contaminated product. You had people on your show. You had four other workers on your I show. Have, Mike. And, and I, there have I been watched, other workers who have come on the record on this show. Really? Wow. Well, so. Yep. Yeah. And so I urge people... I know that they want marijuana, but after what they've heard, I can't understand why they'd go back there. But I actually, I have to think that it's true. I wouldn't have believed it if it didn't happen to me, if I wasn't heavy metal oh, yeah. poison and all the terrible effects. I think I, I was the last because people told me they didn't like the edibles. They didn't like the marijuana. They didn't like so much about it. But I just thought, oh, well, you don't know. I mean, that's, I, I think it was a lot of, uh, I felt such pride working for Netta at one point. I really did. I remember thinking I made the cut. I was one of 25 people out of 800 that applied. This was my dream job. And I didn't want to see the reality. Sure. But I was also against snow pretty well. I was snowed. Yeah. They're, they're slick. They're slick. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ann. Again, it's Ann Hassel, former uh, ex-employee of New England Treatment Access, Netta, who's involved in another scandal. She is one of the original whistleblowers on the shady practices at Netta. How they cut corners on health and safety, how they endanger patients and their employees. I want to thank you so much, Ann. You've 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 shared so much information, shared so much of your time, and even more than that, like your heart, like your worry. I know that this really has like eaten you up. You know, you, yes, you've lost sleep over this, worrying about how this harms patients and, and you're worried about your own culpability in it. Yep. You've gone above and beyond. And I want to just make sure that everyone knows that you are a hero. You, well, you're I can't a believe you said hero that. on this. You are. I don't think I'm a hero. I think that there are others who tried. Maybe they didn't have the way to document or they, they just couldn't figure it out or they backed down. I think that people, it's like all of us were getting involved and let's do this. And then it all fell apart. And that's unfortunate that we couldn't all come together, the workers. And that, that I regret, but, but I realize all I have control of, Mike, is myself and my behavior. And three years have gone by, so I've come to terms with this is what's going to happen. I just hope it doesn't take another 10 years for people to wake up. Well, I think you've woken a lot of us, woken a lot of people up. So I don't know. It's, it, we'll see. I guess time will tell. I think you need to go check out the Reddit. Have you been looking at it? Have you seen some of the comments? Lately? I looked at some of it because you know what? I found invaluable information because these people, some of them are actually employees at Meta. Right. So I can see what, so sometimes I've documented stuff they put on there because they're in the know about it. They're the ones that are applying whatever they are to the plants. I hope they and reach out to you. I hope, I hope you're. In I don't think they will. Yeah. Maybe they'll reach out to you though. We'll see. I don't think they know how to contact me. Well, I'll, if they want, I can put them in touch with you. So we'll see. I'm yeah, going to share. Anyone out there, yeah, talk to my, yeah, I'll share the podcast with them. They can trust you. Wouldn't it be nice to have a story done by you about this? Wouldn't that well, be good? I think we might do something anyways. We'll see what happens. All right. Excellent. I mean, excellent. I'd rather have, I'd rather have, you know, the Boston Globe put it out themselves oh, yeah. and not waste my time. But if, you know, we'll see what well, happens. But I guess see what happens if the boston globe does nothing well then it's a perfect opportunity to try and do something well I but think, again, I, yeah. i'm glad that dan adams did what he did he, i think i think it was a damn good story and i think i think yeah. Dan does good work i do 
Well, I kind of had a very poor opinion of him because I reached out, but who knows what was going on? I mean, I'm trying to like learn to cut people some slack and realize that who knows what's going on. I know, I know that uh, the press is afraid to go up against a big corporation with money. Yeah, I think and sometimes that might be an sued. issue. Yeah. But thanks, guys. You really meant a lot to me because you printed this. No one else would touch it but you, Mike. And you did a good job on the story. And I hope people realize that we need to have journalists like yourself in this world. What kind of a crazy world is this going on? And I'm afraid for the future with the press. I think the press is just, it's just not what it used to be, Mike, when I think about when I was younger. Maybe it was all an illusion anyway, though, yeah. the truth. <laughs> well, things have definitely changed. I mean, the press is getting cut back left and right. I yeah, say, they told me that, yeah. You know, unfortunately, you're going to see a lot of radio stations going out of business now. A lot of uh, a lot of yep. the reporters and, and writers and newspapers are going to go out of business now because of this COVID-19. Yep. We're already seeing layoffs in the industry, like left and right. On my Facebook I think even the Herald or something too. Yeah, they about. just laid off a bunch of people yesterday. But you're yeah. weathering the storm. We, I hope everyone out there. There's going to be a lot of people it. laid off in the media, and yeah. and my pitch to them is if you want to see more of this, you can support us very easily. Midnightmass.substack.com. We take monthly con contributions there. You can also send us money directly uh, through our uh, Venmo app. App Venmo, yeah, Venmo. It's uh, Mike Crawford, T-Y-J, if you want to send money there. We take contributions. It helps us fund the program, pay for our Zoom, pay for the cost of uh, microphone, all the other stuff that we have to pay for along the way. And it also helps us pay uh, for more written content, more reporters there as well. So midnightmass.substack.com. We're trying to expand. We had, we had a big game plan to expand. And the only way we can expand at this point now with COVID-19 and to continue doing what we do is, is of our listener, you know, people who support, read, listen to what we do, start kicking in. So midnightmass.substack.com. Thank you so much, Am, for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we'll talk soon. And yeah. we're the Young Jerks, and we'll be back again with another episode very soon. We don't even announce when they are anymore. We just go live. Yep. So. If you want to find us, make sure you're on our uh, Young Jerks Facebook group as well as our Facebook page. Thank you very much. Uh, Thanks, we'll Mike. See, yeah, thank you, Ann. We will see you next time, everyone. Hi, it's Mike Crawford of the Young Jerks. I want to thank you for listening, subscribing to the Young Jerks podcast, and also recommend that if you would like to support us with a financial contribution, that you do so through the Anchor app or through midnightmass.substack.com, become a paying subscriber. Or if you'd like to just send us a donation, you could do so through Venmo. It's Mike Crawford, TYJ on Venmo. Thank you very much. And uh, also, if you could rate and review us on iTunes, it is much appreciated. Thank you.